Blessings, love, light. This is Minneapolis Monk with the Project Monk Podcast, episode four. Man, we made it. (laughs) We made it to episode four. This is such a surreal experience for me as an artist, as a podcaster now. Even just saying, like, I'm a podcaster, y'all. I'm really thankful. I'm humbled by the amount of support every episode people share without me having to ask. People tune in and give me feedback. When I run across people, they're, they're recognizing me as the monk, and that, that's kind of unique, unique and euphoric in its own sense. So it's just glory be to God, and I hope whoever's listening, hope you're having an amazing day so far. If not, I hope that something that I say can help deliver you out of that funk or whatever's going on right now in your life. I'm praying for you. I love you. Off tops, off rip, nothing but blessings and love. So we have a lot of good news coming. I just got off the phone with the screen printing studio that I'm using for the denim that I'm dropping in October. It's a part of my nostalgia collection that'll be broadcasted and presented by the Monk Project. And then it's gonna be designed by Monk, which will be me personally curating different mediums and different creations. Got some sculptures and drawings that I wanna put out as well, but I'm gonna start with clothing. And I know that's kind of a lot. People are like, okay, choose one, brother. Which one are you going to do? But I really enjoy creating, so I, I, I don't want to limit myself or put myself in a box as sort of a clothing, fashion-only guy. I have so many ideas that God has blessed me with, and I want to bring them to fruition. So appreciate you guys' patience with that. Um, today's episode, we're going to hop right in, right into the meat of things. And today we're going to discuss healthy masculinity from a male perspective. How does one achieve healthy masculinity? What does that look like? For Monk, it starts with me. Again, everything starts with me. For me, I've operated from toxic masculinity so many times. It's something I'm clearly ashamed of and regretful of, but it's something that I, I, I really know that I want to grow from. It's something I'm growing through, as I say. When I look back on relationships, I had a lot of negative experiences with women I had been broken up with every time I'd been with a woman there had been many opportunities for me to just be friends that I ruined with my own toxic masculinity um, with my own patriarchy and and objectifying those women as these beings outside of humans they're they're just like they're they're too beautiful to just be my friend like I I can't just have a cute friend they got it there's got to be something else going on and that really was sucky of me that was a really sucky character trait and something I'm still working on and getting better at when I see my friend post a beautiful picture. Can I just say, hey, sis, you killed it? Or do I have to put hard eyes, right? I don't got to put hard eyes. Hard eyes are kind of suggestive. I want to just say, blessings, you look amazing. Keep it at that, right? Now, that's ground level, healthy masculinity versus toxic masculinity. But below surface, there's a lot of inner workings that I feel like a lot of men could benefit from. Um, And I want to start with, I usually try to start with the hot topic which is sex life. For me, I kept my virginity until I was 20, pretty late in the game. However, that sort of put sex on a pedestal for me. And when I finally lost my virginity, I was kind of underwhelmed, to be honest. I was a little bit, I was a little bit unimpressed. And it wasn't about the sexual performance of the person that I, that I bonded with. It was about just how much I had talked it up in my head and how much I had heard from other men, especially. So that's, that's where I want to start is like a lot of times in toxic masculinity, we're, we're quick to brag about 
uh, an awesome sexual experience, but you don't hear about a lot of men talking about when they can't get it up. You don't hear a lot of men talking about when they come super fast. You don't hear a lot of men talking about when, you know, they got too much in their head and they just weren't feeling it or when they're zoning out or when they're, when they are with someone and they say someone else's name or thinking about somebody else. There's like this, there's this sad part of, of sex life for men that I don't hear explored a lot. You know, you see it in movies or you see it in comedy, people joke about it. But real life conversation, man, I was having intercourse with this one girl and I almost called her this other girl. Like that in itself is some form of toxic masculinity. And you know what's brazy is a lot of brothers that I talk to who we end up sort of diving into our past, you can oftentimes tell that it's not anything more than physical with them. And that is toxic masculinity. If you're doing something with someone you've already objectified, you don't care much about their comfort. And this part, this next part is gonna be pretty graphic, but just to jump into it, I've given you time to kind of shut it off if you're around youth or kids or anybody you don't wanna corrupt. This whole deep throating thing, right? Like uh, some women enjoy doing that. Some, there's some men out there that do that too. My, my podcast for all audience. I think that's really, I think it's a sort of normalized form of misogyny, like physical massage. Like, I don't care about your breath or your breathing or how uncomfortable you are. I need pleasure. I need warmth and I need it now. And I really hate because when I have been intimate with the few women I have, you can kind of tell that like, that was what their past partners wanted is this, is like this, this like really extreme like gagging, all that. And like I said, like I've spoken to women, I've heard from women that some of them don't mind doing that. But I really think that's normalized misogyny in a sense. Like the women is being objectified, knows they're being objectified. So if there are women who are getting spit on, like that's why I touch on episode one, I touch on pornography because these men have normalized like spitting and like the kind of de degrading and demeaning talk that happens in the bedroom that that is deemed as dirty talk and you don't think they really feel that way about you when they're doing the things they're doing you think it's just like playing around now there is a probably a very small percentage of men who can go in that place and go in that zone and get really dirty and really crazy and then really respect the woman but i really think the common denominator i would argue 75 to 85 percent of men who really say the things that they say trying to be quote-unquote dirty, really feel that way about their intimate partner because it's not intimate for them. It is a release for them. It is a, a moment of, of euphoria for them to get away from this crazy world that most of us men have helped destroy. So I know that was kind of a morbid piece, but I wanted to add that in, and I did add this in in post because I kind of talked about sexual intimacy and how spiritual it can be and really there's a responsibility, I believe, to express those love languages when you're making love. Now, if y'all both get into it and say, yo, there ain't no love in this, we finna get it in, and that's it. That's on y'all, y'all do y'all thing. But for me, I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not even getting in that position with you unless I feel the world needs another version of you. One of my kind of mottos is that, would, would I be comfortable recreating someone would i would i be content making that person again 
you know, in a sense. I, I guess it made more sense in my head. It didn't come out right. But when you get in there, you have a chance of procreating with that person. Are you willing to make a double of them? Is, does the world need a double of them? Like, does the character, the morals, the values, is it, are they worth it? That's all I'm saying. Cool. Cut back to the rest of the episode. Number one in toxic masculinity, um, I think for sure is going to be what characterizes masculinity. As a man, I think it's important to sit back and kind of think about what makes a good man to me. Who who was I raised to be as a man? Who played an important role in defining what a man is, whether it be indirectly or inadvertently? Were there positive male figures in my life? There's a lot of questions that you just gotta ask. If you really wanna, if you're really on the journey for healthy masculinity, I think this is these are some of the necessary steps. At least these are what work for me. And I always want to preface my podcast with not everything that works for me will work for everyone. However, I believe God blessed me to be able to have um, some pretty instrumental, positive male role models in my life, in my father, in my brother Andrew, my brother Aaron, Martel. Now, they all have their flaws, but I choose to really focus in on their strengths, and they all kind of define different aspects of what healthy masculinity looks like so characterizing what masculinity is what it looks like and then on the opposite what is toxic masculinity what does that look like for you you hear about it you see people post it but what does that really mean i'm just a man who likes to hoop play 2k go out with my boys change my oil i fit the archetype of what a stereotypical man would be i hear people talk about toxic masculinity but i i don't see it i don't feel it toxic masculinity um is when you are you're operating in this place i think of of power like there's this power struggle with with toxic masculinity where it's always asserting a power toxic masculinity one of the greatest examples for me of toxic masculinity is pornography like it's like in in clearly patriarchy plays a role as well but it's like you always see dominant positions you'll never see you'll ne- you very rarely see um roles or or positions when i used to watch pornography you never see the positions and them being submissive or them being like under the woman if it is it's, be- it's because it's aesthetically pleasing it's not because they want that a lot of times they're pounding away they're doing going going crazy and it's 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 unfortunate in that sense um and for me when i think about or just when i think about how how much it takes for men to admit that they're wrong the pride that comes with being a man the pride that comes with saying i can't do this i can't lift it like this pressure of being a provider toxic masculinity is is really in a sense accepting the societal myth that men are capable of all things they can do all things you know it's like nah some stuff we can't do sometimes sometimes we are weak sometimes we have we have emotions you know we 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 are human so toxic masculinity is taking on this like title of superman and then and then abusing that with power you know abusing that with power and saying asserting that into other things Super, the Superman complex is when a woman says they've been assaulted or something, you say, well, why didn't you tell me? That doesn't matter, fam. She did tell you. 
you know, and now you now you're going backwards. You want to save something that already happened. Toxic masculinity will 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 corrupt and will block you from being um, an ally and a, and a helper in that situation. So, kind of just rambled a little bit on that, but that's okay. Thank God. I think number two for me in terms of shifting from toxic masculinity to healthy masculinity would be not making not making your views on women solely based off of a selfish agenda. If you only respect women because your mom is a woman and because your sisters are women and because your grandma and aunties are women and your girlfriend is a woman, then that really only benefits you as a man. Does that make sense? You, you respecting women should be because they are human, because they are a part of the human race, because they deserve the right to be respected, not because you wouldn't want someone doing that to your sister or doing that to your mama or your auntie or your grandma. Regardless if they did or didn't, you should still respect women. So taking a step back as men, if you're listening to this and you're on board with me, if you're shaking your head, if you're still confused, just, just stay with me, okay? I got you. I'm going to rock with you. Now, how how does it look? How does it look? How does it look to you? How does healthy masculinity look to you? For me, healthy masculinity looks like many things. I've seen it in the Will Smith, right? Like, my man, his son can do what he wanna do without judgment. When people ask Will about Jaden, you don't hear a lot of, man, I don't really know what's going on with Jaden. No, Will is proud of Jaden. He's like, Jaden's doing his thing, he's free. He's free and Jaden gets a lot, he got a lot of flack from the black community because sort of, before this like renaissance that we've had of of expression and of and of, of fluidity, you know, and, and I really love that. To me, that's a perfect example of healthy masculinity from from a fatherhood standpoint. Um, I think another one would sort of be this this generation and how ridiculed, how much we ridiculed Lil Wayne and Baby. They had kissed on the mouth, right? People are like, yo, I remember that. That was sus. Ha, 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 he, he, he. Those men are secure in their, in their sexuality, and they loved each other, and that's the way they showed affection. Now, according to Western standards of affection, maybe that's extreme for some people. But if you go to other places in the world, man, people are holding hands, walking down the street in, in Qatar or in Dubai or in Somalia, you know, or in Italy, you know, people who are considered hetero are kissing each other on the face. They're grabbing each other's necks. They're hugging each other, kissing each other on, you know, on on the cheek. That made people uncomfortable. Seeing Lil Wayne and Birdman kiss on the mouth, it made them uncomfortable. But really, they were operating in complete security of their sexuality and in healthy masculinity. They didn't push that on the people. They didn't say, yo, y'all. I'm kissing on my daddy. You should kiss on your like people were just they they were bent all out of shape for them doing what they want to do. So for so long, we've been so homophobic. When I say homophobic, I don't mean just anti-gay, I mean anti-anything affection, anything man on man. People are like, man, wrestling gay. Wrestling's gay? It might not be your swag or your stilo. You might not like the tights. You know what I mean? The colors might be hot for certain people who are operating in toxic masculinity. Pink. I can't wear pink unless it's killer can pink. Why not? Why not fuchsia? 
Why not lime green? Why not diamonds? Now all these things are sort of, you're seeing them come out more in our fashion sense, in, in our fads, and what's popular. You're seeing people wear chokers. Jeans are as skinny as they can get. Shoes are very high top. You know, we have the thugs, we have the Uzis. There's Frank. I mean, Frank is the man. Like, Frank is the man. I have to just focus on Frank. Frank is healthy masculinity, my G. Frank threw a ball for his birthday. What's more baller than a ball for your birthday? Now, granted, he might identify as queer or homosexual. That shouldn't change that he's operating in healthy masculinity. He still loves 3-6 Mafia, but he also loves him some Celine Dion. That balance, right? Shout out to Chanel at Fly Girl Mafia. She got the shirts Cardi B plus Erica Badu. Balance. You got to have that balance. And seeing that in men encourages me. It encourages me and lets me know that we're going in the right way. Now, it might take a long time. But I think more toxic men who operate in that form of masculinity will eventually die off. Will eventually die off. Now, there's a, there's a part of masculinity that's overtly violent. And men have a tendency to just assert themselves in situations, assert themselves and opinionate themselves in topics that we have no say in. Abortion, we should not be going there. That's just not up to us, man. It's not. And if you listen to this and you're and you're, you're pro-choice, I, I, I'm rocking with you. If you listen to this and you're pro-life, we need to talk, man. Because that, that's just not our choice. That's not up to us. It's not our body. And it's that simple. Now, I hate to get quote-unquote political because everything that's voted on is apparently political. But now, we look at Mr. West. Mr. Kanye Omari West. The brother is out here pushing this, like, clearly raunchy, pornographic, you know, movement, pro-porn movement, which is cool. And like I said in, in, in episode one, I just think I'm not against people releasing. I'm against people being addicted to the spirits and, and the energies attract, that, that, that attract people to porn, which is misogyny. You, get, you begin to objectify women a lot easier. I mean, there's other ways to objectify women and, and welcome yourself into the patriarchy club. But pornography is, I believe, one of the number one roadways to getting there. And so he has a responsibility, man, as such an influencer to talk about that and say, yo, I was addicted. I still observe it. It controls a part of my life. And I don't want everyone to be that way because there's going to be there's more people who might have been chilling. There's more people who might have been on a no fap challenge, breaking pornography. They see Kanye talking about, yo, my favorite kind of porn is this on national television. Guess what they might do if they're if they if they're really in support of Mr. West. They about to go watch some porn. They might silent the porn and turn on his new album while they're watching it. People are weird. I tried to make light of that. I just didn't want it to feel like I was judging anybody. I hate that. So, yeah, that all pretty much wraps that point up with men. We just are we're, we're judgmental a lot of times. We're, we're overly assertive and opinionated and stuff we have no business in. And we need to be a lot less, I think, a lot less talkative. 
and more observant. We need to like, I think this is the era where we observe. Like we've been observed and listened to and been misleading and destroying and ruining for so long. I think it's cool if we just took the backseat, man. I think it's cool if we were just supportive, if we were just allies, if we were quietly, if we just prayed for our women, man. If we really just had our women's back, you know, if we just were, were here. It's not wrong with being here, getting a little bag, but men have to dominate. They gotta be the A, they gotta be the A1 steak sauce, they gotta be everything. I was just watching Paid in Full yesterday, and you could just see the struggle for power in that. I mean, look how they did Ace. If you haven't seen it, I don't wanna ruin it for you, but they did my man dirty. I mean, this dude came from dirt, super humble guy. It might've got, it might've got to his head a little bit, but at one point in the movie, somebody that he put on did him dirty. You'll you find out if you watch it. Did him extra dirty, did his whole family dirty. Tried to take his life. That's how I see myself sometimes. And I think about that a lot. Is there somebody close to me that would try to take my life? Is there somebody close to me that would try to ruin what I have going because of envy, because of greed? Men, if you're listening, ensure that those things aren't dwelling in your heart. They're not sitting in your chest, that you're not jealous of someone close to you doing well that you don't silence the women around you who deserve to have a voice and to be heard, that you're working towards healthy masculinity and what that looks like. And if you think your version of masculinity is set, you're content with where you're at right now, that might not change until you are in the grave. That's, that's, that's on you. But I just encourage you and I challenge you as the possibly competitive man that you are to be better, do better, grow. Grow in a way that looks and feels uncomfortable for you. That makes people around you proud to call you a brother, son, a father, an uncle, a nephew. That's what I want. When it's all said and done, I want people to be proud to say they knew me. To say I broke the stereotype of silencing them and abusing them and leading them on. Break the stereotype, my brother. I appreciate you guys for listening. I love you. I'm praying for you. We'll catch you guys next month. The end of next month, we'll be doing a video podcast this time. The Project Monk podcast, and I'll be interviewing a very special guest. I would really appreciate your support if you could share this podcast. You could subscribe and follow. I never thought I would be saying that. <laughs> never thought I'd be saying, like, like it's driving comedy. But I am. That's how I'll keep going. That's how I'll grow. That's how my, my voice will reach the masses is with your support. Thank you. Thank you. Bless lessons. Love, love, love.